This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Welcome friends to another Freedom Fighter podcast. I'm Derek Moyer. I hope you're all well. Welcome to part three. I hope you're enjoying the series on uh, Captivated by Communion. And uh, we're actually in part four on Anchor about it. <laughs> uh, we're actually uh, on the third part of what David said that he desired from the Lord. And that this is us really getting to the crescendo moment. Uh, with, with David saying, I want to spend this time in your presence, dwelling in your presence, absorbing your beauty, and I want to meditate, consider, and inquire in your temple. What's he meaning? This message is around, around the, the subject of truly a love feast. A love feast, what does that mean? What What is David describing here? We're going to delve into this. Uh, in this message, uh, I pray, guys, this deeply encourages you in your walk with God, uh, introducing you to your inner life, the need to cultivate the things of your inner life to get the life God intended. And how does does so many people uh, in our world need that right now? Uh, so I pray it blesses you as you're listening. So I'll just open up with prayer. Father, we just worship you. I praise you, God, for your goodness towards us. Thank you, God, for, uh, Lord, the promise that you will give us light that leads to life, that when we follow you, we'll not walk in darkness, but we will have the light that leads to life. So I just pray for, Lord, uh, new ideas, new thoughts, new, uh, you know, illumination for people's minds and hearts, revelation. They'll, they'll see things, and, Lord, the truths will make us free. So we ask these things in agreement, in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, so, uh, this... This last session, um, we'll just read the, the psalm we've been looking at for Psalm 27, verse 4. And uh, David said, This one thing have I asked of the Lord. The Amplified says, That will I seek, that will I inquire for, and that will I insistently require. And then he goes on to say, These things, these three things, that I would dwell in God's presence all the days of my life. That I would behold the beauty of the Lord. And he finishes by saying, and that I would meditate, consider, and inquire in his temple. So the words there are implying careful thought, they're implying reflection, they're implying research. And uh, the word inquire means about asking for information. Uh, and also asking to speak to someone. So summed up, some of the commentators have said these uh, some thoughts here, but really what, what, what David is saying is he's praying for constant communion with God. He's praying for this ability to behold his beauty. And, and you think, we said things last week, but beholding his holiness, beholding his goodness, beholding his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his grace, um, knowing that what we behold, uh, uh, we're going to uh, become, we're going to absorb and reflect these things. The last thoughts were inquiring in his temple. 
And it's a way of saying, God, what's your thoughts? Uh, and, the, and the research that's involved in finding out these thoughts. But it's also this, what would you have me to do? It speaks of speaking to God and hearing from God. That's what this last, um, you know, we statement there of David's three threefold request um, was about inquiring and meditating and considering in God's God's house, God's presence. We said at the beginning that communion was about this sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings. To share is to tell somebody something, and especially something personal. I had this revelation, uh, I was away a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, uh, at a, a lodge with my family. And as somebody was sharing their story and sharing the, the effects of their story and the trauma they'd been through, the pain that that had uh, you know, resulted in, um, it, it came to me that just because we get through a lot of hardships and difficulties and, and trying times in our lives, it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to gain some of value for us in our own lives. <laughs> you know, just I mean, you think of that, think of in your own experience, I know in my own journey, what I've experienced in the past, did, you know, just when, when I went through hard times, you know, I know we've got some of these kind of wee sayings about no pain, no gain and what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But how many times have you been through things that actually nearly did kill you and didn't make you stronger, made you more bitter? <laughs> you know, they, they, they left you hard. They left you disappointed. They left you cynical, judgmental, believing all sorts of horrible things about others, about God, yourself, paralysing thoughts about yourself, ourselves, that's true, you know, so I was listening, I just, that, that epiphany moment that actually, that's the reality, that this Disney, getting, get learning from things, gaining spiritual value from what we go through does not just happen by accident, there is a process of getting that, uh, you know, reinterpreting what's happened, to get that, um, so and and you you know think we employ two counsellors. I've just went through the the two year of training with with the HNC, and you know I, I, I it really changed my my perspective because you're seeing how the value. Uh, one of my lecturers had said, I know for those listening audio, no see this, but she had said that when your problems are right in your face, and I'm putting my hand to my face here. And that you're, there's no room, you can't see anything else, it's so close to you. You know, what the role of reflection and, and outside help, skilled help is, is to help put some space in between you and your problem. So that you can be open to actually re receiving a better perspective. Because, you know, is this not the case that, Everything that's been said about us, every judgment that's been made, every every name we've been called, um, you know, if if we end up 
uh, living uh, they, they things out. The people who have caused these things have won. <laughs> you know, the reality is that, um, you know, us no becoming hard, that's the only way others win is if we don't forgive. I remember, I remember that gets spoke to my heart. The only way others beat us and overpower us and, and win is when we harden our hearts and, and don't forgive. If we can take it for the filming uh, Unbroken movie, and without it, letting it uh, harden our hearts, you know, get us all cynical and judgmental, we can make it. Great news. So, through the camps we're doing, for the guys that are listening, that have been on the camps, you know, they'll know the story well of uh, how John Eldridge uses a clip for the, the Disney movie, The Kid. And in this movie, it's a tremendous visual picture of what I'm talking about here, that um, you know, this 40-year-old man uh, who's played by Bruce Willis is the reflection of everything that's happened to him, all the trauma, all the unresolved issues that have never been processed, reinterpreted, and, and you know, things properly uh, put in place in his life that the things that his dad done to him were left with his dad, knowing that it was his dad it was the issue, no him. But he never had that filter. He never had an adult present to help him process and interpret that at that moment. So his life resulted in him becoming the, the formed and shaped into this uh, this what they called him in the film was the jerk. You know the jerk, the guy who was so hard and impatient and unkind and uh, lacking empathy, compassion for him else, feeling for him else because of how his heart had been treated himself. So in this uh, movie, it, sh it really the, the, the truth, that the, you know, the, the crescendo moment of it, the end of it was that actually, uh, you know, he got another chance by going back to the areas in his life that were, uh, that, that were still so painful to him. And uh, with an adult present, you know, he, he get helped to process these things, to reinterpret these things. And it resulted in his dreams being restored to him. He went on no longer to be that hard person, but he went on to have a heart that was alive again. Beautiful movie. Such a restorative movie. And so I just felt, uh, you know, to share this wee story personally, um, I had, with all this light and understanding that, you know, I've been learning over these last years, you know, my son came to me recently and uh, he was talking about his teacher, his school teacher. And uh, he's got two new teachers in this, uh, his, his class, the job share. And he said he just didn't like getting into the class the, the two days that this teacher was teaching. And he starts telling me, very frustrated, telling me about some of the situations he's just experienced with the teacher. Now they're just coming out of all these horrible two years of lockdown and teaching me home and pressure and kids no progress in the way they should be and all that kind of stuff. So I'm hearing what's been said and I knew I've got a responsibility, knowing what I know now, to help my son interpret these things properly. And so I called the school and I asked to speak to the teacher and we arranged to, to have this talk. So... The lady calls, I'm very gentle and sensitive where she's not a bad person, but she was being impatient with my son and pressurising him and trying to rush him 
uh, because of the pressure she's under with all the learning they've not they've not uh, you know they've lost out on in COVID so I'm pulling back the tears speaking this because I'm, I, I'm speaking out of things that had happened to me in my childhood when you never had an adult present and teachers misused their power and misused their influence and labelled you and that was a defining label the next 20, 30 years in your life instead of trying to understand what was behind it. So through this discussion, I had, uh, you know, I let her talk and asked her how, how the Daniel's going on in her class and, and uh, we got to the point of saying, well, I'm telling you, he's telling me you're being impatient with him and he's no liking coming into your class. And, you know, I was then able to say, look, what matters most at this stage in his life is his heart. And, uh, you, you know, him pressurising him to tick all these boxes is no teaching him anything. The message he's learning is he's no good enough. That he's, he's learnt to, uh, school is no good. And uh, what matters, I said to her, I'm no perfect, you're no perfect, he's no perfect. He's got a full lifetime to learn. So it doesn't matter what these agendas are ticking all these boxes right now that's not that important what is the most important thing is his heart and that he doesn't receive messages that are going on to define him the rest of his life and I'm holding back my tears saying these things because uh, you know it was like it was such a uh, validating uh, you know moment I'm treating her heart well I know that the bottom line is she's only treating his heart the way she's treating her own heart and so that's it's so important that uh, you know there's other accountability and con- uh, discussions with others who can s- see these things and, and and help her as well. So it was it, it ended it ended well, but the the value was only gained through reinterpreting. So what am I saying? My wee devotional, uh, God at even tide. After this uh, uh, revelation, um. I happen to read it and, and it talks about sharing all with God. So it, it defines the communion that we're talking about. And it says, Nobilize difficulties and trials and traumas and all the hardships we went through are we trained and taught. As much as the times of withdrawal to be alone with me. The difficulties and trials alone are not remedial. These are not the things that produce healing and restoration and release and benefit. These things are not of spiritual value. And it, it, and it's contradictory to some of the, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and, you know, no pain, no gain and all oh, this kind of talk. And even let, reading some scriptural verses that rejoice and count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations and tests, knowing that these these are going to produce, the suffering the pain is going to produce, um, you know, character and maturity. But it's not necessarily true if you're believing this. If you're not getting time to uh, inquire and share uh, with God, processing, not, even if it's, a, if it's a, a friend, even if it's a, a, a mentor or a counsellor, somebody who helps you process what's happening so that you can get gain something of value and worth for your own soul. And basically it goes on to say, this is only gained. This worth, this cure, this healing is only gained by contact with me. And as you share, share freely, share as we, as we said, is speaking uh, to somebody, 
It's the um, telling somebody about something. It's, it's telling these personal things. Um, you know, and, and you and you think that if that if, if if it was the case that by the way, what does it kill you makes you stronger and it's not by life's difficulties and traumas that were trained. If it was the case that by all these things that we are really made whole, th- think of the, the, how developed we all would be, the amount of stuff we went through, <laughs> how a whole and fully alive we would be, um, with the amount of hardships and difficulties we've encountered. You know, um, that that's not been the case. The value in my experience and the experience with the guys we're working with who have been in recovery things for years but never, things that are still defining their life have never been touched. Some some issues that were never raised are still forming their confidence, their abilities, their their vision, their their competence, confidence. The value has only came through an encounter we got through a, a you know counter with a, a counsellor who's been able to help skillfully help them reinterpret the story and uh, that's how you know most people run a mile uh, you know like me for years couldn't be emotionally honest because the pain of these things have been so great because you believe them so the the, the the messages from all these things were so set in stone but this is why uh, we're doing this series and encouraging you to be captivated by communion. Because um, God can turn everything around for our good. He's promised us. He can get uh, help us reinterpret all the stories that were the, the, and, and the judgments that were so locked into. And, and, and we're able to let these walls down and rise to new life. Be free from the things that have trapped us and held us in the past. Um, you know, and the, and the goal, you think of the 11 step, the 12 step programme, is to improve our conscious contact with God. The goal of all this is not to remain in our problems, not to remain stuck in this, you know, the different stages and steps. It's to get to the point where I'm now allowing through that conscious contact these other areas get developed and allowed to be touched and I'm able to reach new perspectives and see new through new eyes like we talked about last week so what's the instruction about this in the Bible Clear is there any you know when you ask when you get in this way well I'm reading for uh, Proverbs chapter 3 and uh, verses 13 to 15 in the Amplified say this happy blessed fortunate enviable is the man who finds skillful and godly wisdom and the man who gets understanding, who draws it forth from God's word and from life, life's experiences. For the gaining of it is better than the gaining of silver and the profit of it is better than fine gold. Its worth is more precious than rubies. And nothing you can wish for on this earth can be compared to her. So it's saying here that um, we gain this wisdom. We gain wisdom from what we go through. The things that we gain that are of spiritual value, skillful, godly wisdom, understanding. We gain it 
from God's Word and from the life experiences that we process in God. And he, and the, uh, the uh, you know, the writer of the proverb Solomon here says, it's worth, there's, it's more precious than any silver, gold, money, whatever materialistic thing that you think would, would, would make your life more complete. Nothing you can wish for on earth is compared to the value of this wisdom. That is uh, the spiritual wisdom uh, that that you know that that we we find for our own inner lives. He says this man is to be envied. He's he's happy. He's happy and blessed when he finds these things. So, uh, you know, it, it's really encouraging you to to withdraw. Take time. To get away alone with God. This is what this communion is we're talking about. When was the last time you done that? When was the last time you got away alone? No phones, no distractions, no activity. When was the last time you just stopped and took time to process the issues you go through? Some question, isn't it? You know, in this world of instant everything rush and strive to the next things. I, I, I've heard John Eldridge say recently in one of his latest writings about how when you think of Jesus, these encounters he was having, he would have days between the next, possibly because he was walking from one place to the next. We can have these amazing experiences and then we don't take any time to process them, to enjoy them, to digest them, to, to share them and can reflect on them. Because we jump into the next stimulating thing, the next, you know, demand, you know, the next email, the next text, the next whatever it is, it is, honestly, we have to fight to, to, to have our, get our hearts back, to maintain a balance that actually leads to uh, a peace and a rest. So how do you do that? Journaling is so important. The journaling of your experiences, the sharing is so beneficial. Praying, being able to share with others, getting quiet, getting away to that solitary place to get alone with God. It needs to be a way of life. These things are not just one way. There's so many tools and, uh, that we've got before us that uh, that we can, you know, we can use that to cultivate this type of uh, communion. And just to finish, we're calling this message truly a love feast. And uh, we're looking at Revelation 3.20 just to finish and talking about feast, you know, I, I heard about a guy that uh, burned 2,000 calories after his Christmas feast. Uh, and he said, they said that was the last time he was ever going to leave brownies in the oven while he was going to take a nap. <laughs> so, a love feast. This is Revelation 3 and verse 20. Jesus speaking, saying, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will share a meal together. And one translation says, As, friend, as a friend, I will share a meal together. He's saying, We'll have a feast. A feast is a, typically a celebratory meal, a, a banquet, a lavish dinner. 
He's saying, we will share this feast, this communion. I was jumping for joy when I found this out, that he's talking to people 2,000 years ago, and he went, uh, you know, um, obviously it was a revelation to John Isle apart this, but, but the people are reading this. There was an ancient Jewish tradition uh, at their wedding, uh, you know, the Jewish wedding, and what happened was the uh, bridegroom and his father would go to the door of the bride to be carrying the betrothal cup of wine and the, uh, the bride price. Standing outside their home, they would knock on the door. And if she opened, she was saying, yes, I will be your bride. Tremendous. Uh, you know, that Jesus was speaking to these, um, you know, to these Jews who understood that. They understood that was a, a custom of their day, a tradition at their wedding. Uh, he's saying, I'm the bride. Would you, I'm going to be standing at the door and knocking. And, uh, you know, he says, I stand at the door of your heart. He said, if any man, so no matter who you are, you think, oh, this is only for a special few. It's not. He says, if any man uh, hears my voice, so we have to put ourselves in a position to hear. We need to allow uh, all distractions to be quieted, to get away alone. And he says, no merit of yours, I stand at your door of your heart. And I'm, I'm, I'm knocking. And he says, if any man will actually take the time to hear, I will come in to him. <laughs> Great. He will come in. He will come into our hearts. And he said, I will feast with him. And uh, my wee devotional, I got sent this a week there, my boy came on the campways, he sent us an AA devotional. And uh, it lined in completely with the God Calling devotion of whatever it was in the middle of October. And it explained this passage by calling this a love feast. And he said this, that Jesus is saying, if you were at the marriage feast in Cana, when Jesus turned the water into the wine, when you were in the upper room at the Last Supper, think of the joy of being in these experiences, or the two on the road to Emmaus, who were so depressed because they thought the mission was over and Jesus appeared to them and, and, and had a meal, shared broke bread with them at the end of this journey. The joy that that would have produced or the lakeside feast that after his resurrection when Peter and the, and the, and the, and the boys were away fishing and Jesus appears to them and makes some fish by the side of the, the lake. You imagine that joy, how significant these moments would have been the pleasure, the intense joy and pleasure and emotion it would have produced. He says in this wee paragraph, however, if, you know, even if you were at these God-companioned, God-provided-for uh, uh, moments, you wouldn't know the rapture, the intense joy and pleasure you can know now as you hear the knocking and the voice and opening your heart, bid me, your your Lord, welcome to my feast, he says. 
And I'm going, what? How significant that is? But I know that to be the truth. We started by week one and the boys were at camp with. The most significant thing is hearing, seeing, experiencing men and women hearing God for themselves. That amazing moment we talked about, like Mary saying, Rabboni, it was it you? When they hear God for themselves, that, that he really he really wants to be your companion. Um, and offer, um, you know, this stunning friendship, intimacy, communion, that from that, he can provide you with the sustenance, with the life, with the strength, with the nourishment, with the words that lead to life for you. So, that's what I'm offering through this series. That's what the invitation is. And I just I, I, I encourage you that if you if your heart's been warm with us, and uh, you know you feel that tugging, that knocking, I I, I pray that you. You have the courage to lay down your pride. Ignorance. Unbelief. Prejudices. The judgments that keep you so hard and so cold. Let them go. Lay them down. Let them in. Say, God, you promised us that you you will come in, even with my condition. Who I am, what I've done, you can invite them in. You can invite him in and he'll come into the most painfulest of places. He will come into every area of your heart and actually bring healing, bring perspective, bring bring what the affirmation you need uh, if you'll only learn. And I know from my own experience and the boys I'm around, the joy, the rest that, that comes, it's how can you get through life without it. So, pray this has been a blessing to you guys. Until next time, God bless you. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.life. Until next time, God bless you.